0: Well, Rhonda and I are on the hot seat again. (laughs) I am, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, we are continuing train family this morning and in the weeks to come. So be sure you don't miss. You know, it's not going to continue to be us. This is our last week. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but we have some other people that are going to be sharing in the weeks to come, so you can get a lot of different perspectives on uh, family life and uh, what it takes to to really just trust God to continue to deliver you from yourselves. So that you can have a good marriage, and that 's really the key because it 's really the key in uh, Christian life as a whole is being delivered from ourselves yeah. we 're our own worst enemies, so anyway, we shared last week we talked a lot about the fact that we're a blended we're a blended family, so uh, Rhonda and I were both previously married, both had two kids each from previous marriages so Uh, Our marriage wasn't just us learning how to, you know, live together and trust each other. It was learning how to blend families. And that takes an even higher level of trust because, you know, I mean, now looking back, we don't have uh, hers and mine, you know, kids and grandkids, they're all ours. But when you're coming into it, you know, you have to grow in that understanding, you know, so that you can operate that way. <clears throat> and there comes a lot of thing. there's a lot of challenges with that. So, really the reason that we're doing these uh, this series is not to say, uh, look at us, you know, because we're still working this out, yeah. you know. I, I remember uh, early on, because we were so messed up, because, you know, you bring, especially if you've been married before, now everybody does this, but especially if you've been married before, you bring all this baggage with you, you know, expectations and fears and woundedness, all this different stuff that you bring into the relationship with you. And, um, you know, that all has to be worked out over time. And uh, it takes a high level of trust in God. you know. <laughs> and so the reason we're doing this is to bring you hope. I remember when we... You know, we hadn't been married a long time, but one of the worst uh, fights that we ever had. I know you're going to remember which one this is.
1: <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> but her mom witnessed, witnessed oh. it. Um, <laughs> and And believe it or not, we were headed to church, so... That makes it you know the enemy is just he he will attack you when you least expect it. So
1: and of course, my <laughs> mom loves him or loved him better than me, so <laughs> I got in trouble <laughs> by her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um yeah, so we were uh heading to a New Year's Eve service mm-hmm. and I was actually ministering that night. So mm-hmm. I know that even irritated her more because when we walked into the church, I'm like, hey, everybody, what's up? <laughs> she was always like, how come, you know, you can be so mad at me walk in there and be so, you know, so easy to get along? I said, well, they didn't make me mad. So, right? <laughs> My issue was with, with you, not them. <laughs> but, um So the reason I brought that up is her mom witnessed the worst. And so she was wanting us to be delivered for sure. And she gave us this DVD called um, Laughing Your Way to a Better Marriage. Yeah, that's good. And it was really good. But I think more than anything, what I uh, got out of it was, it was like, oh my gosh, we're not the only ones that are messed up like this, you know. It was really awesome to see that other people, and especially ministers, had the same struggles that we had. That brought us hope that, hey, if they can make it, so can we, you know. And so that's what I really believe this series is about. It's just us coming up and willing to be transparent and open with our past struggles and our current struggles because we're still working it out. Thank God we're not where we were. <laughs> but uh, we still have issues because I'm a man and she's a woman, yeah. you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, there's differences and those have to be worked out. So we talked a lot last week about um, well, we were ending up talking about conflict resolution which is huge if you don't know how to work out conflict you're not going very far you know because every marriage has conflict and just for the reason I just mentioned that you know men and women are different now God designed it that way (coughs) he had a very uh, specific reason for designing that way So that we could complement one another with our differences. Actually, diversity is strength. It's not weakness. Mm -hmm. But you have to learn that. Um, And uh, the problem was, is that I saw her difference of opinion as disrespect. So when you're immature, you're insecure. And so you're always on the defense. So you have to learn how, and you have to grow out of that, you know. And God just, you can't go up in the prayer line and God lay hands on you and you're just delivered from that. It really takes God renewing your mind with his word and a process of you trusting him and quit looking at your spouse and start looking at yourself, you know, and really... Trusting God to deliver you from you, because that's really the problem, you know. So, um, because we didn't have healthy skills in conflict resolution, um, we resorted to manipulation. And that's kind of what I was thinking about yesterday, is how that when we don't understand how to walk in the Spirit, we're left to the flesh. And the tactic of the flesh is manipulation. Um, So let's just read. Mark, if you'd throw that verse up there, and then we'll get a little more into just discussion. But Psalm chapter 11 is the main text. There it is. For this series. It says, If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? And what that means is the foundations are the principles that God uh, designed marriage to function by. Okay, so when God created uh, man and woman and uh, designed marriage, He had a certain way that it would work. And when we learn what those principles are and we cooperate with them, there's a blessing attached to them, to it. But if we violate those principles, then the opposite—it <laughs> doesn't work the way. And the problem is, is that most of us learned how to, re- you know, have relationships through our parents and you know just people that we know and from the world, and those ideas are not God's ideas for marriage. So we have to relearn how to do life, and that takes that takes time. So. There was a lot of manipulation. You know, why do people manipulate one another? Because they don't know how to get what they want uh, out of their marriage. And um, we don't know how. We don't trust that we can operate in love and patience and things like that and get out of that union what uh, we desire. So we lean to the flesh and we try to, manipulate our spouse into being and doing what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. Can you relate?
1: Yes. (laughs) I second that. (laughs)
0: Um, So there was a lot of that. And, you know, we've learned here at Lake Church for sure that, you know, manipulation is witchcraft. Mm -hmm. It's trying to use intimidation and, uh, you know, things like that to try and get our way. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I was just saying, it's, it's manipulation. It's just trying to get our way, what uh, we want. Right. Not necessarily what's mm-hmm. the best. Right. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just keep this up here. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear me breathe. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so manipulation is just a way to try and have control, you know, because really, you know, to trust is kind of giving up control, you know, and um, most of us, you know, have fought for what we, you have to fight for what you want in this life, (laughs) in the world, But, you know, you have to serve your way to getting what you want in marriage and the way that God designed things to be, you know. And uh, for various reasons, you know, we use manipulation because, you know, pain from the past, being wounded by people in the past, and then just basically immaturity, you know. The thing about it is we all come into the kingdom of God as babes in Christ, so we have to grow up, you know. And it doesn't matter, you know, you don't grow up spiritually over time. You grow up spiritually by testing. You know, so just because you've been a Christian 20 years doesn't mean you're a mature one. (laughs) You know, we have to admit, you know, our shortcomings and trust God to work it out uh, in our lives. So... You know, fear of lack in relationships and lack of good relational skills and understanding the principles of marriage cause us to, you know, cause a lot of hurt. And then you just add to all of it, you know, and have more to try and overcome. So we were kind of thinking about how we manipulated each other early on because everybody has uh, their own way of working their craft. <laughs> Everybody is, is different. So there's a couple of ways that we were talking about. One is the savior mentality.
1: <laughs> that was me.
0: And then you have the victim mentality. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Do you want to share a little bit about why you identify with that? savior mentality yeah
1: um well you know like i said it's just bringing all the hurt and the damage from your past life into this marriage um like i had shared last week you know i was sexually abused by my father as a child um so i had trust issues but also when you grow up in that situation you grow up in fear and i didn't realize that as a young adult um I didn't even realize that until probably 10, 15 years ago. But I took that fear that I lived in and I just transposed it into every part of my life. I also had anger from that, and I didn't realize it either. Um, I was a very angry, very bitter person. Um, Just because of my childhood and then my first marriage, and like I said, I had that mentality of I didn't need a man, I can do it on my own. You know, I was um, taking care of myself basically from the time I was 22 until we got married at 37. I was 37, he was a little bit younger. Um, So that's many years to take care of yourself. And I did it on my own. I mean, I worked two or three jobs, raised these girls, and Every relationship I seemed to fall into was, I I felt like, not about you, babe, but I felt like I had loser tattooed on my forehead that I couldn't see, but all the losers could see it, and they would, like, be attracted to me. Um, I love you.
0: Love you, loser.
1: Maybe in the beginning it had the same feeling about it, but um, my, I mean, honestly, I felt like, too, you know, I was responsible for siblings. I have two brothers, and when they needed help, I was the one helping them. Um, My mom kind of would pawn them off on me quite a bit Um, when things got rough, you know. But anyway, it was just all this combination that I just got so hardened and then it was like I was always the one helping people, you know, even my mom, you know. And like I said, my brothers, you know, relationships I had, it was always like I was the rescuer. And I didn't realize that. Um, I was controlling because I had my household, I thought, in my order, and it was going to be my way. Um, my kids knew it. I mean, they, they knew what was right and what was wrong. Um, I was, you know, people say they're OCD, and I think it's just something we like to claim. It's called control, (laughs) is what it is. I I was very controlling on the way things should be done. I mean, my spices were alphabetized, and if anyone (laughs) messed them up, I would get mad, you know, just silly stuff like that. I mean, we had a big fight not too long after we got married, because I was working many, many hours. And he was trying to be nice and help me fold the towels. (laughs) Not the right way. (laughs) And I couldn't handle it. And I didn't gripe at him. I just refolded them. But he (laughs) noticed. And he got mad. And he's like, if you're going to redo what I've done, then why am I even trying to help you? And I was like, well, do it my way. (laughs) (laughs) Then it will be right. But, I mean, there was a fight over that. Um. So then, you know, when we got together, like Kevin had shared, um, he had a lot of, he was irresponsible in his life before me. He was saved. He was trying to do the right things, but he had a lot of, um, I'm just going to say, I mean, he was focused on his work and his money was going to legal cost. We'll put it that way. He had to get some things paid off and pretty quickly, or he would Probably have went to jail for quite a while. Um, so I'm still feeling like I am the one that has to take care of, of everything. You know, most people when they get married, you know, especially coming out of being a single mom all those years, you know, it's like, oh, yay, I'm going to have someone to help me not only, you know, be my partner in life, you know, throughout raising my children and doing things like that, but also financially. But that wasn't there because we had to focus on that. I I. think I, felt like I had control over you because of that situation, because I was still the one paying the bills, but I had, sometimes I felt like a child, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is what it kind of came down, boiled down to. So, yeah, I mean, I had that savior mentality and didn't realize it, and it came across really harsh. Um, I treated him like a child instead of a husband. Um, When it came to decisions, you know, like I said, that's why it was my way or the highway. Um, Because I thought I knew what was right for us. It was not that I was trying to be mean. But I just thought he needed my help. You know, instead of just turning him over completely to God and turning myself over to God completely. So any situation that we would fight over, which would have been the kids Mainly, and I'm just going to say it was more Alyssa, raising Alyssa is what we argued about when it came to raising our children. because so like I said, my oldest was out of the house. Um, his kids were with their mom um, the majority of the time. So we were trying to raise this little girl over here in this craziness. So we'd have a fight over finances, the kid, <laughs> um, by me being a control freak, uh, I wanted to know what we were doing tomorrow or in a year. It had to be on the calendar, you know. <laughs> he wasn't that way. I'd be like, oh, we're supposed to do this now, you know, and that would make me mad. And so I would try to control those situations. Well, he's getting to hear a lot.
0: It's good. Keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's the truth. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, so then you look at that. Um, so
0: just, do you think that when you function like that, that you actually get comfortable in it to where you almost kind of... It's uh, who I
1: was. Yeah. It, that kind of comfort. <laughs> I mean, you don't realize it.
0: I'm just saying its it would be fearful to break out of that because you're so used oh, to... Oh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. To having to try it was.
1: To, it was all the... I mean, that's what, the one time that I remember asking God to change him, because I was at my breaking point, and that's when God spoke to me and said, I can't change anyone, but I can help you change yourself, that's when he had me start examining my heart, and that's when I discovered, first of all, the rage and the anger that I had inside of me. I mean, it was ugly, because that's why the fight was so bad with my mom, is because, I was screaming. I, I mean, I was screaming and yelling. And I think I yelled enough to where he finally raised his voice at me. And that didn't happen very often. I mean, that's one thing I can say. He never yelled. He drove off. And he can talk about that a little bit. And <laughs> um, he would drive away and peel out. And that would make me mad. Because <laughs> I thought, he's going to tear up the pickup. You know, so... <laughs> um, but, you know, so I had to deal with my anger. And then after I kind of started getting that, I think, recognized. You know, then he's like, okay, now this is the next thing. And this is the next thing. I mean, there was anger. The fear I didn't even deal with until years later. I didn't realize that was there. But, um, you know, trusting him. I was jealous, like I said, of him um, in his walk with God. Um mm. I was judgmental, not of just him, but everyone, you know. So anyway, God was just dealing with me. And when you start seeing all this stuff that's wrong with yourself, it will wake you up, and you'll look at people completely different. <laughs> you look at them completely different. And so then, like I said, we had to realize that, you know, he wasn't my enemy. And I finally got to a point then when God really started working on me. It's like, wait. This isn't about who's right or wrong. Because, you know, we always want to be right. You know, if it's male or female, we want to be right in that situation. But God started speaking to me, it's about the problem. What is creating this problem, and how can you two work together to fix this problem? Mm -hmm. And that's when I really could see change in our relationship start happening. And that savior mentality started, and that's when I, you know, was really starting to learn to submit to him, started declining and disappearing in my life
0: Mm -hmm. right well manipulation is the nature of the devil so you know that's why we have the nature of the flesh from the fall and so we got to break out of that start to operate by the spirit but it can be very uh, intimidating and fearful because you're letting go of all your your tools that you've used to survive uh, in your life and you know it's trying to take on a whole new way of operating and so you know that's not the ways of god and so we're not going to have the kind of environment and and life and marriage that god intended if we're operating but the tactics and the tools mm-hmm. of the devil <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know? you know
1: and part of the manipulation too was not just the finance, I just thought of something, it's the way I wanted you to love me. Mm. You know, I tried to manipulate him to love me the way I needed to be loved. And you had to discover that mm-hmm. on your own, you know, right. through God. Because, you know, men and women were completely different on um, love. You know, like you talked about last week, you know, men need to be respected, women need to be loved. But, you know, we're emotional, Do you guys know that? (laughs) Men, do you know that? Women are emotional beings. God created us this way. I mean, he really did. Um, We're emotional. Um, We know what we want, you know, be it right or wrong or whatever. And men are not emotional. Men are um, logical, I guess you could say. And they don't... So they can't understand, really, our emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, so women, we need you, you men to understand um, this is how we are. And when you're logical... I was reading this um, out of a book yesterday. It said that, you know, and it's so true, women portray men as cold. Because you're not emotional. So if I can go to Kevin and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, about all this stuff. And he's like, well, I can give you an example. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm sure there's no. plenty. No, there's plenty. But I, I mentioned, you know, last week, no one messed with my babies or grandbabies, you know, because that's when we get real emotional. And I know Lissa could be going through a little trial or tribulation with her friends at school, and I would get so mad. And I don't know if any of your other mamas have done that, but when someone hurts your baby, you want to go beat them up even though they're 12? <laughs> And, you know, that's illegal, and I didn't want to go to jail. So, you know, I just stew on it, and I get so mad. And I think, if I see that little girl, I'm going to tell her this. You know, and I would say it out loud and Kevin and go, Rhonda, Jesus never defended himself. Just pray about it, and God will get the victory on this. Oh, that would make me so mad. It's <laughs> probably the logical thing to do, Right. <laughs> So, I would sit back and submit and do what he would say to do. And next thing you know, I mean, her and the, whoever it was being mean to her were friends the next day, you know. And, I mean, it would just continue like that. And over and over and over. I don't know how many times he's told me that in my life. Rhonda, Jesus never defended himself. Just give it to God and he will get the victory. And that changed my life. Not just with my children, but... In my work environment, in everyday life, it, it, it changed. So, you know, like I said, we've got to understand that logic is necessary too, ladies. You know, like I said, men need to understand we do have those emotions, but you've got to be the leader that's going to be able to give us that logic and explain it um, so you don't come across cold and just, you know, kind of throw us to the side or whatever. You know, women we like um, or we need... Words and we need time. You know, and if a husband is not talking to his wife or um spending time with her, that's gonna make us manipulate you to get or want to manipulate you to get what we need. You know, so there's always a there's always grounds for what we do wrong, but we've just gotta learn how to turn that into what, um God's Word tells us to do with that. Um, and that's when I think really we started changing in our relationship. It's so like I said, when we worked on ourselves, and then we tried to um, take this marriage and, you know, glorify God through it and do what His Word says. You know, like I said, with the renewing of our minds. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just lost my train of thought. I was going to mm. say something else. Trusting but, God with it. But yeah. we've got to trust God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I know. I was going to say that. Laugh your way to ma- uh, better marriage. That helped me so much on one thing because um, we weren't laughing much at the time no. <laughs> for many years after that. But, you know, we women want to know what you guys think. And I've shared this in some of the pre-marriage counseling that we've done. But, you know, you all could be just sitting around staring at the ceiling. And we think, are they thinking of another woman? <laughs> or are they thinking, you know, we don't know. It's like, what are you thinking about, honey? And they'll tell us nothing. <laughs> Liar. What you, so then we, really, <laughs> then we really think they're thinking something bad. Or that they shouldn't be thinking. It's like, no, really, tell me what you're thinking. And he'll say, Nothing and it's like you can't think nothing because we are wired women we are wired so different they explain like you know all these freeways or whatever highways go in every direction that's our brain and you all have these boxes in your brains. and he said there's a nothing box and he said you women do not try to get into your husband's nothing box and try to decorate it it ain't gonna happen <laughs> right yeah telling- because then it
0: would be something we (laughs) we need our nothingness
1: but we don't understand nothing and and it gave me so much revelation I mean it gave me so much freedom to understand that and I remember one time we were sitting in the house and Kevin's cousin was over there a male and they were were kind of talking about it and they were both sitting over on the sofa and I, I was across from them and we were talking about the nothing box, and they were like, yeah, it's great, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting <laughs> over there, and finally Tim, his cousin, goes, Rhonda, if you're thinking something about the nothing box, then how do you say that? It's about, <laughs> don't then you don't ha- you're not thinking nothing. Yeah. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Try to think about nothing, <laughs> women. <laughs> you can't. You know, so we are so wired differently, and we've got to realize that and take that and... But it, we're supposed to enhance, you mm-hmm. know. We are to be the helper. and
0: If we could learn how to, when was the right time to get in the nothing box. We would that would help own. you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's one of the things that, you we're know. You're in that
1: box way too often, I think. But that anyway. I
0: think, guys. <laughs> Not nearly enough.
1: <laughs> oh, I could go.
0: <laughs> it's a safe place. <laughs> it's a safe place to be.
1: Is <laughs> it so, like quick Trip? trips? Got some homeless people sitting out? No, nope, there's
0: nothing in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Uh, it would be so
1: nice. I will talk to God about that when we <laughs> all get together.
0: Uh, yeah. So you know being with a savior personality type is hard for a man because <laughs> you know we don't want i mean god created us to be leaders
1: yeah
0: so we're struggling to try and grow into that and then when you've got someone who's not um how do i say that who's trying to save you then it can be hard you know um I just thought of this because I'm just going to tell this because it's funny. But uh, her savior mentality, you know, you can't let anything go. you got to get in the middle of it. And for those of you with blended families, this might help you. But Alyssa and I used to, uh, you know, we would argue and stuff because I don't want to watch Hannah Montana. You know, I... So you know, we argue over the TV and stuff like that, and so we would be arguing, you know, and we have a, we had a great relationship, um, but then she would get irritated and she would want to get in the middle of it, you know, and then we would turn on her. So I mean, it's just like it
1: horrible. <laughs> my own child would turn on me. <laughs> she's, she's like my mom; she loved him better. Yeah,
0: and the reason, and you know. Because, you know, so she was the savior, but I was a victim. And so, you know, the thing about victims, and I think probably had a lot to do with, you know, my past and stuff, you know. The thing about victims is they're passive aggressive. Where she is real aggressive, you know. I would manipulate under the radar, mm-hmm. you know. So, <laughs> stealth. <laughs> My craft was manipulate her without her knowing that she's being manipulated, you know. (laughs) And so, um, you know, when we would fight and I would try to get get the upper hand, it was leave, you know. And, you know, I was thinking about that. Why do people walk out and leave like that? And I think... You know, a lot of this stuff, I think it's subconscious. We, we're so ingrained in it that we don't even realize what we're doing. We're not intentionally doing it, but we're so used to operating that way that we don't even recognize it. But I was thinking about that, like, a lot of the times when I would, we would get into it, I would leave or I would just go for a drive. And I think subconsciously we're thinking, like, it's a threat, I may just drive down the road, but one of these days I may not come back. You know what I mean? I think, and we try to manipulate that person into changing their behavior out of fear or some kind of veiled threat, you know. And that comes at a cost, guys. There are things that you can't, you know, you can't take them back and you're just adding to all of the stuff that you're having to work out. So... You know, if you're passive aggressive and you're the type of person that you're going to depend on, you know, trying to ice people out, ignore them, you know, and you know that your partner, you know what gets them, so you're able to, you know, use that against them. I know that she always wanted to talk about stuff, so how could I hurt her? Just avoid it, you know. (laughs) <laughs> just get away and uh let her think about it for a while you know that was kind of the way let her wonder what i'm thinking you know and that's a that's a veiled threat it's a way of operating to try and get that person to you know bend to what you are wanting them to do you know and really the whole problem is is that we have this adversarial mindset you know I remember she used to say, um, it's really not about who's right or wrong. And that used to drive me crazy because I, I always thought I was right. <laughs> and you want to prove that you're right, so they'll come over to your way of thinking. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's a, huge, that's a huge thing to learn is that, you know, you're on the same side.
1: Yeah.
0: As long as you're thinking that you're, uh, you know, on opposite sides, the devil loves that, man. Oh, he loves that. You know, you realize that God created man and woman to rule over the devil? (laughs) But when we take adversarial positions in our marriages, man, he's able to work both sides against each other, you know. And so, you know, I had to learn that. It's really not about who's right and wrong because you're right at a cost. You know, you're going to be right at a cost. You know, and nobody's ever right all the time. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but this whole idea of, you know. This is
1: being recorded, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. Never mind. <laughs> I'm preaching right now. <laughs> so, all of these things that we use, man, they come at a cost. Yeah. And, you know, it's just operating in the flesh. You know, I was thinking about in Galatians chapter 5 where it talks about the works of the flesh. Outbursts of wrath and enmity and strife and all of those things those are tools of the devil and we're playing right into his hand you know and if you sow to the flesh you're going to reap corruption you know everybody wants a blessing out of their marriage but we're only going to get it if we operate the right way We're only going to get it if we operate the right way. And I don't know why I just thought of this, but I hope that those of you who are not married, some of those who aren't married, you know, you're taking this stuff in in case you do get married. And um, all those who are not in blended families, you're taking this stuff in because we're ministers to people. And we need to be able to share this stuff with others and understand what their experience is. You know, so we can help them out in life. Um, But yeah, so we struggled a lot with that. You know, as far as blended families go, you know, you're always, it seems like in the beginning, you're always, you know, on guard. And you've got to really learn how to trust your spouse, you know, with your kids. And it's sometimes it's hard to know that they have the best interest of the whole family at heart so I know there's probably those of you out there who are going through that you've got to um, you've got to learn to trust and uh, and let them you know let them engage and let them work out their relationships I know that Alyssa and I developed a really great relationship over the years um and you've got to let them, you've got to trust, you've got to let them work it out. And they're not going to get along all the time. <laughs> and they may turn against you if you try to get involved. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and that's one thing I had to learn is that they were going to have disagreements. And, I mean, him being the father, you know, he wasn't always going, he always had her best interest at heart. Put it that way. Well, except for the time you yelled at her from the bedroom. <laughs> if she was up here, she would love to tell that story because <laughs> he he wasn't an early riser until he got a lot <laughs> older. I'll put it that way. So um, he would yell at her <laughs> from our bedroom because I was at work, <laughs> and it'd be time for her to get up to get ready for school, and he would yell across the house at her. Lassa, get out of bed. <laughs> and that would make her so mad because he wouldn't come in there and go Good morning, honey. <laughs> get your sweet little self up and go to school, you know. <laughs>
0: well yeah, like you. You come in and sing her to sing to her to wake mm-hmm. up. The
1: bright sun <laughs> <up>.
0: <laughs> Yeah, well I didn't have to go into work till later, so I'm getting my sleep in, you yeah. Know?
1: So, of course, she would be upset and tell me, and then I would be like, quit yelling at her. And then, you know, so it was their way. But I had to realize that, you know, they had to develop their relationship um, and trust that God was going going to be a part of that. And I couldn't ask for a better man to be her father, as a father and as a spiritual leader as well. Um, I mean, I can just tell you that, All of our kids, if they're having a hard time in life, the first person they're going to call is going to be him Hmm. when they need some guidance, you know, because they know his relationship with God is real and he's going to give them the best advice and not judge them, but encourage them and speak the truth to them. So, I mean, I think that's the most important thing, you know, that we have done by blending our family. Mm. So.
0: Mm. you got to have patience. You know, you got to have patience because, like I said, it doesn't, nothing changes overnight because it's, it's really you learning a brand new way to live, you know, um, learning how to let go of your old ways and, and learning how to embrace something It requires a lot of trust, you know, um, and uh, a lot of endurance, you know. That's why the scripture tells us to walk in love and, you know, forgiveness, because it's not a maybe, because you're going to need it. (laughs) It's it's something you're going to have to learn to make a part of your life and the way that you function together, because you're going to have to have it in order to make it. Even the best of marriages have the same issues that they're going to be dealing with, you know. Um, I think another thing about our differences is learning how to just be honest. Because a lot of times I think you fear sharing what you really think um, because of the response that you're going to get out of it. And, you know, God works through honesty, not deception. You know, but it's so tempting to kind of, you know, use that, whether it's passive-aggressive or it's being aggressive with it or not. You have to learn how to to just be honest and have an, a confrontation to where you deal with the issue at hand and you're not using, you know, um, you know, aggressive type behavior, to where you're trying to intimidate the other person into getting your way, um, but you're just discussing the issues. I know that was a hard one for me. I know just talking about those issues, you know, especially with a strong woman, because I don't want to hear that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because it's going to put me on the defensive, you know. So, but sometimes you have to realize it's not, um, you know, speaking the truth and love is necessary for change. You know, you have to be confronted with the truth about the way you're living if you're ever going to change it. And nothing's going to change till you change. And you change the way that you're operating.
1: You have to be um, willing to receive honest communication, too. Right. Um, Because I know when we were really realizing we need to work on the problem, you know, I would always start my conversation, well, not to upset you (laughs) or not to make you mad um, because I just felt like that was preparing him. (laughs) for what I was about to say, but now I think we have gotten to the point where we can just say without emotion and being mm. upset, well, this is what's going on or this is how that made me feel. Right. But you have to be able to receive. And, you know, one of my game changers, a scripture that um, Andrew Womack's commentary, when it says, um, oh my gosh, in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. It's a choice. It's not something that, you know, it's just going to come by believing in God. It's a choice. So am I going to let this situation make me mad and keep me mad for three weeks? Or is this situation going to offend me? You know, I have to make the decision that, you know what, this might not have been right or I might not like what he has said, but I'm not going to let it upset me and I'm going to move forward to try to fix this.
0: Yeah, amen. Just open and honest communication. It's hard, though, because, you know, especially with the difference in men needing respect, and we were created that way, you know, it's not not demanding. It's that that's what God designed you for. That's what you have to understand. The reason that we have these base needs is because it's what we need to operate the way that God created us to. So being created to be the head or the leader spiritually in your family, if you are, if you don't have confidence, then you're not going to be a very good leader. And so the enemy wants to get your spouse, who's the person you've chosen to live your life with that you love to seem as though they're disrespecting you and what that does is it chips away at your confidence to be the leader that God created you to lead because you think if she doesn't even believe in me mm. then how can I believe in myself you know and so you know in females women God created to need love because Their greatest need is to be able to trust your leadership and submit to it. And submission is not domination. See, so many men have this idea that women should just submit to you because that's your position as a husband. And the word submit means voluntary. If you're doing it because you're fearful or because you feel like you have to or some reason like that, then it's not submission, it's domination. And we work in intimidation and things like that so much that we're not actually getting true submission. And submission, so, submission is a voluntary coming under the authority of another person. And that's why it's so important that men be submitted to God because only when we're truly submitted to God are we going to be reflecting the image of God in such a way that our wife can then voluntarily submit to our leadership in life. I think it was, was it uh, Miles Monroe you were talking about? That he said, this is so good, he was talking about marriage and he said that husbands are are to mirror the nature and the character of God and wives mirror the is it glory do you say glory mm-hmm. the glory of God so husbands are to mirror the glory of God to their families and then wives actually mirror their husbands so this is a hard Right. This is a, right. a jagged little pill to swallow. But husbands, look at your wife and that's going to reveal something about you. We've got okay. What in here? <laughs> it's so true though. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Ephesians 5 narrative, that the husbands are in the place of Christ The wives are in the place of the church. God created it to function that way. Husbands, love your wives. It's always them first. It's always us first. I always tell guys when we do counseling, you know, I'm sorry, but it falls on you. You know, and we have to accept responsibility. If you want to be the leader, be the leader. But leadership isn't about power. It's about responsibility. Sorry, I stood up like that. I don't
1: want to. get <laughs> to get us on.
0: But it's the truth. If we want our wives to be what God designed them to be, it's up to us to sow what they need into their life so they can be. You know, I've thought about, you know, it says husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. How did he do that? He gave himself up for her. Listen, that means you're going to have to lay your life down uh, as a seed if you're going to have the harvest that you want back from your wife. You know, it's so true that what we sow is what we're going to reap, you know. And then wives respect your husband as the church respects Christ. Man, those are high standards, Think about that. Those are high standards. This isn't low-level stuff. This is a high standard. It, ha- it takes the Holy Spirit to be able to transform our life to be able to function the way that God designed us to. But only then, you know, are we going to experience life the way God intended. For if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? That's good. You know, only when we submit to God's way are we going to have what God desires for us to have. And so that's a that's a hard thing. You know, I talked about that last week that, um, you know, I always think about marriage from the husband's perspective as like, I have to give her the right environment and nutrients so that she can develop into the wife that God designed her to be. Um, And I've shared this before, it's kind of like growing a flower. If you give it the right environment, you give it the right nutrients, it will become what you intended to be. And of course, I always use the rose because it has the thorns, and you're going to get pricked along the way. But that's part of it. If you will continue to give her the nutrients and environment she needs, she will become what you desire and what God intended for her to be. But husbands, guys, it really falls on us to be the starter. You know, and I've had guys say, well, what if she doesn't change? <laughs> you got to trust God's process. And you got to be patient because nothing happens overnight, you know. We have this idea that that God just It's always, we're so miracle, you know, in our thinking that we just want God to just wave his hand over us and everything be fixed. But really, it's about, it's about learning along the way in the journey. So you have anything else?
1: That's the truth. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, like I said, it's not an easy process and it's not overnight. And we're 20 years in and, um... I think I would mentioned last week that 10 years ago, um, we were sharing at Olten Lake Church and thought we had come a long way at that time, but there were still a lot of rough moments after that, you know, like I said, up until, honestly, probably the last five years mm-hmm. has become really the easiest part of our marriage, I think, or the most settled. I don't know if that's the word I want yeah. to use. Um but I think that's, like I said, our spiritual maturity has changed a lot. Um, you know, we just have learned to respect each other's differences, I think, a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And and really, you look back and most of the arguments we had, probably all of the arguments we had, we can't remember the the real reason behind each of them. So how important were they? We can remember what happened during them and some of the ugliness, but really what made you get so mad that you drove off in the pickup and threw gravel all over the drive. I have no idea. <laughs> he might, but I don't. You know, so I'm just saying you kinda of look back and you think, Wow, that was silly, but you know it was the enemy working against you because you know he just doesn't he doesn't want us to be successful on expanding the kingdom of God. Uh, and, you know, if, if we're in church and we're serving, but our relationship is a horrible example, who would want to follow Christ, you know? I mean, that's just right. our everyday walk in our lives. I mean, who would want to be a Christian? I mean, that's the problem with, I think, Christianity nowadays. We're no different than the world, You know, people look at us and they think, oh, I mean, they don't go to church because they think we're all hypocrites. Well, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're all sick and we all need a Savior. You know, we all have our issues. But my gosh, if, you know, someone that's not a believer can see our lifestyle is different than theirs, then they're going to want to know what do we have that's different, you know? So, and I think it's just sad when you talk about Christian marriages, you know, divorce rate is just as high as the world and maybe even, you know, higher. Who knows? I mean, mean, it tells you something. It tells you that the enemy wants to break up just marriage. I mean, and we know that. That's what our culture is doing right now. I mean, think about even the representation of the man in the home in television, in movies throughout the last... 25, 30 years, Mm -hmm. um, the man is kind of portrayed as an idiot, you know, unable to do anything or making all the bad decisions. He's always the, I'm just going to say it, like the butt of the joke, Mm -hmm. you know, and all all that. And that's kind of given, I think, us as women and the children growing up watching that, this mentality that they're not worth anything. They're not important. But I'm telling you, the man, as a leader of your home, is so important. We wouldn't be where we are today in our walk with God if it wasn't for Kevin and his submission to Christ. We wouldn't be. Um, our kids wouldn't be where they are either. you know. And I'm believing you know, our, all of our kids aren't in church, um, but we're believing in that. We're not giving up on that. Um, Amen. we declare it's going to happen and Amen. you know, like I said, but we, we wouldn't be in church if it wasn't for you. Hmm. Cause I think that we would have got so frustrated either. We'd been divorced, um, and doing other things or we would have just, if we gave in to the enemy, we would just be mm-hmm. sitting at home watching football or something right now
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or he would. Yeah.
0: We could easily just been another statistic.
1: Yeah, easily. You
0: know, um, if, but God. Yeah. But God. And so I just want to encourage you that God has grace for marriage. It was His intention. It was His idea. Uh, and as we submit to His ways, we're going to experience what He wanted for our life. Mm-hmm. And it's to give Him glory. It's for Him to be represented in the earth. You know, marriage just isn't just so that we can you know have a family or whatever it's so that we can together as a whole represent the kingdom of God on the earth so it's a high calling it's a worthy a worthy thing to be pursued and it will glorify God that's why it's so under attack in our culture today because it is the building block of society mm-hmm. the home the the nuclear family is the building block for successful society. Mm-hmm. And the enemy knows that if he can tear that down, then he can have his way in all areas mm-hmm. of life. If he can break that down, you know, one of the greatest, uh, one of the biggest problems in our na- nation today is fatherless fatherlessness homes. Mm-hmm. You know, homes that are absent uh, that don't have a father in them is, is a big part of a lot of the problems that are going on. So it's worth us, you know, talking about. It's worth us fighting for. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that our men's conference that we do every year is called Fight Club. and it's because, And the reason it's called that is because we're coming together as men to encourage each other to fight for the faith to fight for our homes, to fight for our church. Why? Because we're in a real battle. We're in a real war. We have a real enemy who wants to take us out, take us down, and make us just like every other uh, aspect of the world so that we're no different and our witness is destroyed to unbelievers. And so it's worthy. I'm thankful that Pastor and Karen have given us the opportunity to share so that you can just see that, you know, we are people that are hanging on to the mercy and the grace of God just like every one of you are. Be encouraged. If we can make it, anybody can make it. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That's the
1: truth.
0: All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. We just come together to pray over everyone here this morning, Father God. Just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share our story. We pray that it brings hope to the hearers, Father God, that they realize the same grace that we've been dependent on is the same grace that's available to them. And it doesn't matter what condition their relationship is in, you are not limited in your ability to come in and make things right. That we don't have to be... You know, it's not about our ability, it's just our availability to you, Father God. For you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And if we will continue in patience to endure, to look to you, to pursue you as individuals, you can make our marriages what you foresaw and intended them to be. And we just thank you for it. We thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness and your goodness. As we sang about earlier, Father God, for your goodness. Your goodness never turns away from us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. If there are people here this morning who are in a 911 situation, I want to encourage you to come forward. We're going to have ministers up here at the close of the service. We're not going to be able to pray for you and fix your... Issues, But you can set a stake in the ground this day and be encouraged to begin to, to go in a different direction in regard to your marriage. And these ministers would love to be able to minister to you. So don't leave. Come up. Any of you, we welcome you to come. If you need ministry, you need counseling, you need prayer, we're here for you. Amen. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We're going to dismiss, but our ministers will be here in the front.